I'm Chris Barker. And I'm Will Betts. And this is the Mind Forever Studio podcast brought to you in partnership with Evo by Audient. In this podcast, we speak with producers, engineers, DJs, and industry figureheads about their fantasy forever studio. The make-believe studio that our guests dream up will be one that they have to live with forever. But even in our forever fantasy, we have some rules. Yes, the rules. So our guests will select a computer, a DAW, and an audio interface. Those are free items that we let everybody choose. Then our guests will choose just six other bits of studio kit, plus one non-studio related luxury item. But importantly... Yes, yes, yes. No bundles! Yep, no bundles. For example, choosing something sold as a package of separate software or hardware as a single item is not allowed. Correct. And today we have DJ and producer Daniel Pierce, a.k.a. Eats Everything. Yes, we do. Making a name for himself in 2011 with his track Entrance Song. For me, it was actually another podcast guest, Claude Von Stroke, who introduced me to Eats Everything's music when I was over interviewing him. Uh, back at Dirty Bird HQ in San Francisco many years ago and I've been tracking him down ever since and now we've (laughs) got him so let's find out what type of studio Dan dreams about let's do it this is My Forever Studio with Eats Everything hello 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 chaps how are we doing very good very good very good so you you heard the rules there we have the rules yeah I heard the rules I I think I think I've got them I think I um, I can play by them I'm sure I can I'm going to have to so if not you'll hear the air horn so uh okay really yeah, yeah, that, yeah. I, I need to, I, I'm, I'm scared about that so yeah i'll, I'll yeah. try and uh, keep within the confines of the law <laughs> okay so what were you making music on you know at the start when did you start making music and is, has it always been electronic music or you know were you in guitar bands or like you know what's what's the history there uh no i um i used to play the drums when i was a kid i was about 10 uh for about a year and a half and then i found djing and i started djing um, when i was 12 and um it was just something i caught kind of, because of playing the drums you kind of um you have that sort of timing and you know about bars and you know phrases and whatnot and then um so that lent itself quite easily to dj and i, was, I wasn't perfect straight away but i certainly could get things in time i could hit quite easily hear you know what which were the which was the faster record and which was the slower record mm. and then um i started making music in a about about nineteen ninety nine year two thousand, and I um I, I I was DJing at a bar called Sakoshi, which was a Japanese bar in Bristol, which was next to the Academy, which was called the Rock at the time. And this guy, a Japanese guy called Matataki Toyota, came in, and he was like, he my friend Haley was his hairdresser, and he 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 was he was a producer, music producer. But he basically wanted to work with a DJ. So we could get his music out there, and he said, and he, Haley said, "Oh, my friend, friend Dan's a DJ. He's DJing this bar tonight." So I came to him. He came to the thing. I met him. He's a really nice guy. And then I went to his studio a couple of days later, um, and he had like a big, thirty-two track desk, and he had Pro Tools, and we had a Novation. What was the blue, the blue rack mounted Novation Supernova? Supernova. Yeah. Blue wow. uh, Novation Supernova. He had uh, an Emu. Can't remember which Emu it was. Uh, Emu Drumulator, I think, and a few other things. And yeah, so I just started to learn on that. Yeah, it's about 1999, and then um, then Reason, and we got Ableton. Ableton One or Ableton Two, I think it might maybe was then. And we sort of started, kind of left Pro Tools behind and piggyback from Reason into Ableton, and then. Ableton became the prominent thing, and then eventually, in about two thousand and 
four two thousand five just did away with reason completely. When Ableton five Ableton Live five came out, which I think is about two thousand and five, that was when I basically just left everything else behind and just used that solely. So when um, did you stop working with with that guy in his studio and start building your own gear, or or was was there not like an official end? Well, yeah, there, there was like a transitional period. We 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 produced under the name Schmidt. It was like Breaks at the time, released on a Cutler Rocks label. Um, it's like new school Breaks kind of stuff. I think the last record we put out was 2007. Um, but he basically, he worked for Airbus. He was um, like quite high up at Airbus and he, uh, and he was getting less and less. I was just going out partying and then making music and, and working on a building site. And he... Um, he was really had a real really high end, very stressful job, and so he found less and less time to make music. And he's a bit older than me; he was like five years older than me. So, mm. you know, he's getting close to his late thirties, and he was like, "Right, mm. I've got to stop partying. I've got to stop making music." And he just sort of like stopped. And right. but it was I'd kind of learned, and I had my own way of doing things anyway. By then, I'd mm-hmm. become the one. It had gone from him being the one teaching me stuff and doing most of it and me just going i'll do this do that do this do that by the end of it i was controlling everything and saying do this do that do this do that (laughs) so i kind of had my own way of doing things but then he was great at mastering and mixing down and stuff like that so um but i had just those horrible little rocket five speed i think everyone has them (laughs) yeah to start off with yeah and i had those at home and they were just uh, i mean they're i think they help hold people back should we say (laughs) <laughs> I don't even think they're good entry-level speakers. They're just not good speakers, in my opinion. There's much better small monitors for a similar price that, for some reason, they just get about everywhere. But they held me back. It wasn't till like... They're t- awful. No offence, Rocket, well, but they're awful. Because they've got a, uh, a yellow cone. Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's amazing branding. Yeah. I honestly genuinely think that's what it is. It's, it's that combined with the fact that their, their top-end stuff, the KRK, like the V6s that Timberland used to use. They're good. And because they've also got a yellow cone, people just see, hang yeah. on, these are those yellow cone speakers for like yeah. 100 quid. Because they are good. The big, the big, the proper KRK ones, aren't they? are not too... I mean, they're not amazing, but they're definitely a lot better than the Rockets are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I bought them style over substance for sure, and they, they held me back for years. Well, let's begin sort of more talking about this Forever Studio You've been DJing like quite a long time now. Yeah. All over the world. Yeah. If Fantasy Forever Studio, if you could have it a studio anywhere, where would you have it and why? And it can be where you have it now if you want, but it is for fantasy. It would be. It would be where I have it right, right now. I know that sounds boring, but I love I love Bristol. I love my hometown. I um I love I love my studio. I love it. It's perfect size. It's like it could be a little bit bigger if I have two rooms. You see, I have. There a, we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Dan, can I just say, Will? I think we should upsell some dreams I'll here. Sell your dreams. <laughs> so let's let's let's. We've already got. It could be a bit. It could be a little bit bigger. What else could it be? Right. Well, no. The only only reason I say that is because it's split into two. So I've got I've got the studio room which I'm in now, and then I've got. A, which used to be a vocal booth, but it's basically my deck room now. So I have my records and everything in it. But if I could just have those two rooms combined as one room, the walls take up just that bit too much space. If I could just get rid of them, then it would be the perfect size room, perfect layout. It's great. I love it in here. And I've made, you know, I've made most of my tunes in here and I've, moving moving to a studio if i could move this room to anywhere if you could chop this room out i'd probably say i'd move it to 
know what? No, no. I'd leave it here. I'm going to keep it here in my wow. hometown. I love my hometown. What about a window? <laughs> yes, I need windows. I need windows. There is for, windows in the deck room, right. but there's no windows in the uh, in Just the for, uh, main room. Obvi- obviously, the listeners can't see what we're seeing over Zoom here, but yeah, it's quite a cave. Yeah, oh mate, it's 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 a lot. To be fair, it's not quite as dark as it looks on the right. Zoom camera, but it it is it's it's totally. It's bright enough, but it just yeah, that is one thing I would would okay. miss as a window or do miss as a window. So a window wall knock through, otherwise same. Beautiful. That sounds great, right. and that's and, not uh, that exciting, but that's just, you know that's my feeling. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it's it's you have to do it forever. Yeah, exactly. Can you tell us a bit about the studio that you're in right now? As in, like you're in a complex, right? Yeah, so I'm in a, a re- it's basically a rehearsal room. It's called Factory Studios. It's in a place called Barton Hill in Bristol, which isn't a particularly nice area of Bristol, I must say. Um, it's in a trading estate. And yeah, there's, um, I think, I think there's 10 rooms here. Okay. And Idols have one. The Idols band have one. There's an amazing um, live room down the end with a, with a proper... Um, sort of uh, recording room with a massive SSL desk and mm. all that malarkey. So if ever I really want to go and record high-end vocals or whatever, then I go to there. Is it quite social? Do you, do you, do you, like, do you run into other people? Uh, yeah, you do. And there's a massive, massive rehearsal room, which is Studio 10, which um, there's a huge... They, they run club nights in there as well, or they used to. And when Massive Attack are, you know, practising... Or rehearsing, they'll come here. As I said, the idols, the band called the editors, uh, mm-hmm. full cycle people come down here. I'm actually in what used to be Clips's Red Lights old studio. Oh, right. But yeah. he had just a little room, that's my deck room, which was tiny, which initially was my studio too. Yeah, it's fucking tight. It's so small. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's perfect for a deck room. It's perfect for a deck room, but not for a studio, it's too small. Um, yeah, so it is quite social. Everyone kind of knows each other. The owners are great. They just set up a new sort of DJ uh, tuition bit at the end behind the right. recording room now with like a soundproof deck room with controllers and laptops and all that and, and CDJs and uh, Pioneer Mixer and all that. So kids kind of like what Pirate Studios do. Yeah, yeah, nice. But, mm-hmm. the, but, they, but they offer tuition as well as just a... Uh, whereas Pirate room, Studios, yeah. basically people just go and smoke weed and drink whiskey and whatever <laughs> whereas this is actually going to be more of a regimented thing and i'm going to help out a little bit with it it's um yeah it's a wicked place i love it so now we've got the studio space sorted the first thing is we give give everybody three free items which everybody needs which is a computer a daw and uh audio interface so let's talk about computers have you always been on mac are you on mac now were you ever on windows yeah I'm all, i've always been on, i've always been on mac i've never been on windows i've always been on Mac, um, I use a laptop. I use a 2017 uh, MacBook Pro. I've got a Mac Pro as well, but it just kept breaking. It's like it's quite an old one, but it kept breaking. I'm thinking of getting one of those um, Mini Mac things. You know the the, the oh yeah the Mac Pro Mini or whatever it's called. The Mac Studio. You can get some really powerful stuff. This is the Fantasy Studio. Mm-hmm. So well, I, I if I'm going Fantasy, I go with the biggest, most expensive Mac Pro you can get. <laughs> Okay, okay. That's what I go, but that's like hundred grand. Yeah, but it's fantasy. There's no budget limitations here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, and then I'd use, I'd choose Ableton for the DAW, obviously. And you know what? 
I would probably, and this, again, this isn't very far-reaching, but I sometimes think it's better to stick to what you know. I use, uh, for, for all my simps and everything in here, which hardly get used anymore, let's, I'm not going to lie, um, I use a, a Alan and Heath ZR16 Firewire desk as my interface. What? So I'd probably stick with that, you know. Yeah, I'd probably stick with that. I, it's, it sounds great. Uh, I've got enough inputs and outputs for everything I need. You find that Firewire stable? Uh, totally, 100%. Wow. I've never had any issues with it whatsoever. Apart from when a guy was in here borrowing my studio and he plugged the Firewire in the wrong way up. Oh. <laughs> and then I had to get the Firewire port replaced on the mixer. But other than that, because if you turn it upside down, it shorts the yeah. Firewire. But yeah, mate, I use the Firewire. I've used it for eight. I, I'm sort of stuck in my ways. I'm stuck in... I could probably upgrade to something. I, well, throughout lockdown, I was using the little... Um, what is it? Is it called the Arrow? Yeah, the UA Arrow. I basically went from having this studio of all this gear, all these simps and everything, and then at the start of lockdown, it was like, all right, I'm not going to be able to come in the studio. They were closing it, completely closing yeah. it, locking it up. So I just took my speakers home, uh, MIDI keyboard... And three oh three, the real three or three oh three, and that was it. Took that home, and bought one of those arrow things, and I made more music in the, that year than I've made in the last ten. Yeah. And it and just sat doing it how I used to do with just a MIDI keyboard and using soft synths. And since then, I've never my voyages and all that stuff. I don't even turn them on anymore. I literally don't turn them on. I just find it. I've, I as much as I love them. I found that the speed of, I don't have loads of time to make music. So I found during lockdown, it's sort of re, I got more and more addicted to gear. And I got, and I mean that not <laughs> gear, gear. I mean, aye, aye. I, got, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I got more and more addicted to buying synthesizers and buying drum mm -hmm. machines and buying yeah. pedals and all that stuff. Um, for before lockdown, I was plugging it in and using it all and I've got like the uh, Pioneer Squid thing to sort of yeah. like mm -hmm. sequence wicked. everything and all that. It's wicked. It's yeah. brilliant. And I've got all this stuff plugged in, Eventide H9, got two mm -hmm. of them. Like why I need two, I don't know, but I've got two of them <laughs> and like running through each other so you can do effect. All this stuff. And then, but I was finding I was not making any music. I was just fanning about. Just making sounds. Yeah, yeah. Fanning about with stuff mm. and just like recording stuff in. I've got banks and banks of stuff, which comes in handy that I've recorded in, like mad reverbs and delays that have no noise to them. Just like crazy long, you know, when when it's just an infinite reverb and you just yeah. rolls on and on. I'm just playing about with stuff. I would just record all that, but I wouldn't actually make any tunes. And it's like this is ridiculous. And then I got back to the back to home with my my speakers and my laptop and my MIDI keyboard, and I was literally doing three tunes a day: bang, 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 all different styles of music, house, soul, funk, like tempos from like 90 BPM to drum and bass tempo. Just literally making tune after tune after tune. And I've now signed a free album deal with a big label, and it's <laughs> it, and it's because I worked the way I'm really used to, and I actually yeah. just went and made music. And I'm for the purists, that's probably like, oh, what are you doing? But it doesn't matter what goes in the speakers, it's what comes out at the end of the day. Totally. So if we go if we go final on that audio interface, we can't upsell some dreams. You still want the Allen and Heath. You don't want, because SSL, yeah. SSL do a big audio interface mixer. Do you know what? I'll take the SSL one. It's just, it's just because I know it. 
You know, it's the thing is, it's because I know it doesn't sound very um, ambitious, but it's because I know it. And at yeah. the end of the day, my yeah. dream studio, I want to be able to work. I don't want to be sat learning how to do something and mm -hmm. working how to plug it in and turn it on and all that nonsense. I want to get in and I want to work. Do you know what I mean? If I have to waste half a day looking for a manual and all that, that's not a dream to me. That's a nightmare. So I prefer just to have what I know. Bang. I know I can plug it in and away we go. Okay, let's log that in. ZR16, was it? That's right. Yeah, I mean, it's so unambitious, I know. I know it's so unambitious, but, you know, it's, it's, it, it's worked for me for the last hey, seven years, so. And you'll be pleased to know it's the first time somebody said it on the podcast. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And it's a bit of a, a rule break, technically, because it's a mixer as well, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's so it's allowed, just, though. Yeah, it, it is allowed, yeah. yeah. We've yeah. had that before, so we're, we're good, we're good. But, yeah. um, yeah, you've managed to sneak that in. And, and also the EQs on the channels are really... If, if I am recording stuff in, you can really... The, the, the analogue distortion you can get from from the channels is really nice. You can get some mm. really good quality stuff from it on using the EQs and overdriving just the channels yeah. themselves, mm. which um, you can't really get if you're using an interface that isn't also a mixer, do you know what I mean, with yeah. EQs on every channel. So it is, it's obviously, it's an analogue and digital desk, and it just, it, I don't know, it just really works for me, man. It always has done. It's like 600 quid yeah. eight years ago. Amazing. Well, let's lock that in, Will, and we'll move on to item number one. What's it going to be, Dan? It, this is probably going to be really boring as well, and it's, I think it's free, is Infected Mushroom IM Pusher. Plugin. It's a, a socket. Okay, yeah. Uh, a VSC mm -hmm. plugin. Have you ever used it or heard of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. I, I didn't know if it's free though. Or maybe it's twenty nine quid or something. I don't know, but it's super cheap. Yeah. And I use it on almost every every edit I do, which I do a lot of. I use it. I use it on almost every channel. Every kick drum for the last five years wow. has had it. Um, and the, the amazing thing about it is it's a compressor, a saturator, a limiter, um, a multi-band, everything. Wasn't it like Infected Mushrooms version of a bit like the Sausage Fattener kind of style? Yeah, kind of, but but loads that you can do a lot more with it. And, right, and okay. you've got the, the... And the thing is as well is for kick drums especially, um, and people always ask me how I get such big kick drums, it's because of this. So say your kick's in D or E, mm. you can use the bottom knob, which is the 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 low end sort of big knob. There's three knobs. There's a... Yeah. In fact, let me open it up so I can just... It's like that the one on on UA where you can kind of tune the kicks, but it's actually like EQing the resonant fundamental or something. Yeah, you're, so yeah, mm. so you've got a low, high, and a magic button. <laughs> so whatever channel you put it on, the input has to glow yellow. It's got obviously red, yellow, orange, like any other. But if you get it solid yellow, then you've got... Um, then I always... You can tune the kick. So say the kick's in D or E, you just put it on D, and then you can adjust the low end, and it takes that resonance or that frequency from the kick mm -hmm. beasts it so you get massive low end without getting any overkill yeah. and then you've got the magic button which is like uh, you can press it and it does like a chance thing or you can just use it and then you've got body and focus and dynamic punch and then you can stereo image things if you want to put some stereo image on a hi-hat or anything whatever whatever mm. you want and then it's got the high as well and it just for me it makes everything sound especially kick drums which obviously if you're making the kind of dance music i generally make that's mm. the most important part of the record yeah I, I don't think 
certainly in house music, a lot of the time people don't really spend enough focus on their kick drums, whereas I, I spend hours. It's the only thing that takes me a long time is making the kick drums and making sure they're absolutely solid and they're doing their job properly. And so, yeah, that would be my number one. And it's obviously a cheap little piece of thing, but it's a, it's a lifesaver. It's kind of interesting. This like that the mo- the modern era. I say modern. It's probably the last ten fifteen years. But like yeah. from from Dada Life, Infected Mushroom, Nicky Romero, like artists making plugins has yeah has seen some really in mm. in a, some real innovation as well. Because obviously artists making them, they know what they want. I mean, mm. have you ever considered it getting getting your nah, name on a plugin? Nah, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I can't be bothered, mate. There's nothing that you want. <laughs> no, there's loads I want. So. That I did start just before lockdown. Me and Alan and Heath started making a uh, an all-in-one delay and reverb pedal that would go hand in hand with their mixer, which yeah. not for the DJ mixer, but obviously would work yeah. great in the studio as well. Because mm. you have that Pioneer RMX 1000 thing, which is a piece of I'm not going to swear, but it's not good. And uh, and I, I end up whenever I DJ, I, I use an Alan Heath um, Zone 96 mixer, and I take a Roland Demora delay pedal and a Boss RV5 or RV6 reverb pedal because the Alan Heath the 96 has no effects. It's just a really good, solid, high quality analog mixer. It's got send and returns though on it. Send and returns, yeah. So I put yeah, so I put the delay and the reverb into send and return, but. What would be great is to have a plugin that you can not only use in the studio but in DJ sets that does. There are Strymon, uh, yeah, big skies and big sky like, and that, but yeah, they don't do what you want. They don't. They don't do what I wanted to do. So me and Alan Heath started, sort of made the very first sort of beginnings of talking about what we were going to do, and then COVID came and fucked everyone over. So, <laughs> yeah. and I think now, obviously their focus isn't on right now probably they need to get back to earning the kind of money they were pre-pandemic mm. before they start focusing on making a fucking toy for a couple of twats yeah yeah <laughs> but hopefully hopefully soon it'll uh come back to fruition because that it would be amazing to have a really tangible malleable uh delay and reverb pedal with yeah. loads of different delay settings and loads of different reverb, reverb settings all in one box that was really mm. easy to use and really yeah. just performance focused because alan he's used to have those rack mount filters as well didn't they like yeah, i had the, one yeah. of those for a while the one you and they were really good which was again taking like the fact that everybody loved the filters from the dj mixers but from the mixer yeah 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 but making yeah. them as a one use studio rack with like even more settings yeah they make great their filters their filters are amazing especially on the on the 96 they've really they've yeah. nailed it the filter the quality the sound the even the resonance when it's full resonance up full it never gets to a point where it's really painful it's always yeah. that mm. perfect amount do you know what i mean mm. which is it's it's quite interesting that cuz i like I DJ out, and uh, most you mostly have Pioneer mixers. But when Awful. you play when you play big big venues that have them, like you say, you have to be so careful on on the like the sound color resonance and stuff because oh, it, mate, it really. Yes. I didn't realize until you play a big venue and then you're like, oh, this isn't some shitty bar that's going to compress the life out of your signal. Like if you play yeah, yeah. ministry and stuff, like I had the engineer guy come up to me and go, can you can you stop doing that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, it's mate, it goes yeah. it goes crazy. Yeah. They fucking yeah, yeah that, and with that RMX one thousand, yeah. that the the sort of if you get that wrong, I, I honestly think you could kill someone if you get because huh. it gets like um the the infinite feedback gets stuck 
and you're like, fuck, you can't get it off. You've got to turn the whole thing off. But then your whole sound system is running through that tiny little <laughs> bit of kit. It's yeah. like, it, I, and I, I work a lot with Pioneer, and the new V10 mix is absolutely amazing. Yeah, like that, that is amazing. Nailed yeah. it. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of kit. How it looks, how it sounds, how it works is amazing. But that RMX thing, I've told them a million times, it's 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 not good, and it's I don't think people should use it, but they do. The V the V10 blew me away. We we reviewed that for, oh, yeah. for Music Tech, and I I reviewed it, and I was lucky enough to got shipped it for review just before the pandemic, so I ended up having yeah. it for like eight months. <laughs> oh, you got lucky, yeah. Yeah, doing DJ streams with it and stuff, and it was so it was so lovely to use, like, uh, and just for for studio stuff as well. It was such a good oh, hybrid mate. thing, yeah. Yeah, mate, it's a brilliant piece of kit. They've nailed it. Yeah. But, um, all right, and well, so we'll lock that in, the Infected Mushroom. What was it called, Infected Mushroom? I am Pusher, the Pusher. So, item number two. Oh. And bear in mind, you haven't got any way to hear anything yet. No, I'm going to go... Oh, yeah, oh, well, okay, then I will take... Again, I will not reach too far. I've been in the studio with a guy quite recently who's got those massive ATCs, and whilst they're amazing... For my room, my room size, I have PMC 226 monitors and they nice. are, I mean, they've taken my mix downs and my sound quality to a whole new level. And I think I would go for the PMC 228s though. If I had to pick, I'd mm -hmm. pick the 228. I've got the 226, but I wish I'd got the 228s, but I can't really justify buying a pair to my wife. Can we, so. can we upsell some dreams here? There must be some bigger PMCs than that. I mean, obviously those new ones are amazing, but it's just, do I need them in this room? If I'm using this as my room, I'm being realistic here. I know it's obviously <laughs> oh. my dream studio, but if I'm using this room, do I need, I mean, those new ones, I can't remember what they're called now, but they look unbelievable. Uh, Defective Studios got them. Luke Solomon was banging on about them. I don't know what they're called. Hang on. I, actually, I'm going to go for them. I'm going to go for them. <laughs> Will, we've done it. We've done it. Oh, we've upsold some oh, dreams. Yeah, you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah the the six twos the PMC six twos although they are quite cheap man what are we talking wow it's eight grand I no. mean that's not cheap but for a pair Fantasy Forever Studio that is cheap that's we've had cheap, yeah. 60 70 grand speakers on this mm -hmm. studio podcast before I mean I'm just trying to think like what would I what would I ah the P I'll get the PMC eight twos just because <laughs> I I know. They're twelve grand. That's yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. just because I've already spent hundred grand on my computer, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, I uh, I just feel like because I know PMC because I know how they sound. I've been using them. I've got the result sixes in my DJ room. The sort of like mm. the non DSP, yeah. just there, straight bang, plug them in, and away they go. And then I've got the two two sixes. I know how they sound. I know how they work. I love how they sound. I love how they work. They're amazing. At, if anything goes wrong, I'd literally call them and they basically, I'm probably, I'm not sure I should be saying this, but they do it for free. They come and get them and within two days they're back. Both speakers had the same problem like six months apart and it was some ridiculous little weird issue. And they, within two days of me letting them know, they had a courier out, took them away and they were back with me in two days time, which is amazing. Yeah, so, that's what you need wow. when you've got to get to work, isn't it? That's exactly what exactly. you need. Exactly. When, yeah. when, you're, when you're making music and you physically cannot make music because you don't have any speakers, yeah. for them to get such a quick turnaround, it's amazing. So, yeah, yeah but I'd go for those those uh, those PMC-28s, I think. They look and apparently sound the 8-2, sorry, PMC-8-2. Yeah, they're 12 grand, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I'm actually, I'm quite tempted, to be honest, actually, now I've seen them. <laughs> this happens a lot with this podcast. Yeah. Wait till you get to the end and, and you hear the rundown, you'll, uh, you'll have a big change of opinion. So item number two, uh, and item number three, in fact. Item number three. Oh, do you know what? I'm going to go with um, the Moog One. Classic. It's a classic choice, as you can imagine. Just because I was going to get one, and then because of lockdown, I didn't get one. And then because of my sort of forced aversion to outboard gear because of the pandemic and my my sort of, um, what's the word, where I've been basically conditioned to work the way I used to work, yeah. pretty much all in the box, I think, I think a Moog 1, should I have one, could tempt me out of the uh the working in the box should we say and would tempt me back onto noodling about and getting nothing done again but <laughs> so, i would like to <laughs> i would like to noodle about and get nothing done on that i was speaking to kenny larkin about it and he was just like mate it's it's exactly what you what you imagine it to be it can do so much it's it's unbelievable um and it doubles up as a midi controller for you as well to be fair yeah for exactly this yeah so, so yeah, I, yeah. I could just use it as a MIDI controller, not ever use any of the sounds, just plug it in <laughs> and just use it to control all the shit inboard gear that I've got. Um, but no, I, I just I just think it looks the bollocks and I've yeah. records I've heard that I know that it's been used on, it sounds amazing. So it looks a bit complicated, but I'm sure I could get my head around it eventually. Well, you've got forever as well, so... Exactly, I've got forever to learn it. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, it's a classic choice, but it... it I mean, it really does look like a beautiful piece of kit. I mean, it's since we've been doing the podcast for quite... Uh, this is the fourth season now, and uh, originally, I don't think it was out when we did the first season. I think it was pretty new, yeah. So people were picking vintage stuff. Memory Moog and stuff like that. And, yeah, and Jupiter 8s and, and CS80s and stuff. But, like, mm. now it's become the go-to dream synth, uh, which is which is, yeah. which is is quite incredible when you, you know, with the everything that is on offer vintage wise and stuff so mm. um yeah. and it's it's a 16 right is that the top one yeah i want the 16 yeah i want the yeah. top one yeah why not why not yeah 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 the music tech my forever studio podcast is supported by evo by audience and the evo 16 audio interface the evo 16 is packed with eight award-winning evo preamps alongside audience advanced converter technology which will make recording even easier and better sounding. That's right, featuring their signature smart gain level technology, a groundbreaking motion UI control system, and all the ins and outs for even your biggest sessions, the Evo 16 is a powerhouse interface. I've got to say, I'm a huge fan of that smart gain feature, and with eight inputs, you can perfectly set levels for a full drum kit in seconds. And with intelligent features like this and powerful, easy-to-use design, Evo 16 is a new way of doing things for music makers, home recording enthusiasts, and producers looking to up their interface game. The Evo 16 interface is suggested to retail at £399, €469, and $499 in the USA. Discover Evo online at evo.audio. Item number four? Number four. This little bad boy. This is Fatboy Slim's 303. This is actually his 303. One of the two 303s he's got. Surely he's got more because everybody needs a 303 and then giving them away seems a bit... Well, so I suppose he, that works. Yeah, so he, yeah. <laughs> so he's got one and this is this is the one that he wrote everybody needs a 303 on. What? Um, <laughs> yeah, and we basically, we were doing... Um, we were doing a remix of a famous Acid tune, which I'm not going to tell the name of because it wasn't going to come out. 
but it is now. So, but we've been told to be secretive about it. But okay. we started just before lockdown, and I had to reprogram the the pattern because I was I was trying to write it on the computer using uh, the the TBO three. The you know the yeah. the mm-hmm. new the new one. Yeah. yeah. And I couldn't get it. And I was like, the only way we're going to get it is if we use a proper 303, a real one. I know there's hardly any difference, but the resonance point at the top is where the, where the on the new one, that it sort of gets to about four o'clock and the resonance doesn't change. It doesn't, you, you, if you give it that extra bump right down to, where does it end? It ends at five, the resonance on here, but about four on the new one from four to five on the you know on the knob the resonance yeah. knob it doesn't doesn't get any more resonant whereas the free whereas this one the free, the resonance goes all the way around to the end um and we were doing this tuning the only way i could do it was to program it but it's a bit dodgy this one so i'd get it refurbished that's the only thing i would check yeah. so i'm upselling Tandy. i'm upselling a refurbishment to this free <laughs> that's it um but it it just we we're doing this tune and we were starting it just before lockdown and then we, he was going to come down here and we were going to work on it and then lockdown happened mm. so he said okay I'll send you my 303 so he came in his fat boy slim package box and that and like <laughs> have a nice <laughs> time everybody everybody needs one of these etc yeah. and and uh, so yeah and he he hasn't given it to me but if it's my forever studio then I'm keeping it yeah yeah nick it nick it <laughs> yeah I'm gonna so the, the fat boy slim doesn't have the devilfish mod no, it doesn't have any mod at all. Okay. Maybe I would get it refurbed and modded Devilfish mod, maybe. But, I mean, I do like the way it's a bit hard to use. Yeah, It's yeah. a bit of a pain in the ass. Because when, when I did conquer it, it was like, fucking yes! Yeah. <laughs> I've done this. I've programmed this iconic, I would say probably the most iconic acid pattern of all time. I've programmed that on this, watching how to do it online. Yeah. And it, it would keep fucking up. It would keep going, bah! Uh. Fuck's sake, one of the steps would not work or whatever but then when i finally did it as much as it was annoying as hell to do the sense of satisfaction i got when it was playing exactly how it sounded in the original record i was just like wow because the part that we're remixing doesn't exist anymore so if you want to remix it you've got to recreate it yeah so it's like well i'm gonna have to recreate it and then we're gonna get one of those replay people to do it but actually no i'm a producer i can do it might take me a while but give it a go well especially when you've got access to an original 303 like exactly i've got Mm -hmm. i've got the thing that it was made on so yeah and the original sequencer like you say is what gives it like a a vibe because it's so wonky yeah the slides and and the accents and all that stuff that that Mm. programming those slides and accents in was what i kept fucking up "Ah, yeah it's not quite right and then when i sometimes i press the slide button I think it would slid, but it hadn't. Yeah. And then I'd get through, I'd be like, I've done it now. Ah, no! And you have to do the whole fucking thing again. It's like, ah, fuck me! But then... There's no undo or mid-edit or anything. Yeah, there's no undo. But... What a wicked piece of kit! And like, have you ever got bored of hearing a free free? I haven't ever. No, no. I I absolutely love it. So yeah, that would be in there. It just stinks of dance music every time you hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Number five. So we're on number five now. Okay, so I would choose the uh, Strymon El Capistan. Um, Because I I was going to bundle the two together then. Oh! Oh, 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 oh. oh. (laughs) 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 You only notice I've got a cold when I start laughing. Um, I've got a Capistan and a Deco piggybacked off each other that like I run every 
well, can run every synth, every channel through it. And um, oh, I just think the El Capistan, even if you just have the synth or whatever you're playing, your 303, if you just have it running through without even doing anything, just mm. having it a bit wet, a tiny bit wet, and having every knob down so it's hardly affecting it, it just gives a a boost and a life to like the Moog Voyager, for example, I run the Moog Voyager. I used to have a Profit 5, but I got nicked out the back of my car. Oh. But, um, oh. yeah, a Profit 5, a fucking Renaissance, NPC Renaissance, a Sub 37, oh. and a Profit 12, all in the boot oh. of my car right at the start of lockdown when I was moving the stuff into my house. And I, I stood just chatting to my wife indoors for 20 minutes. I was like, oh, shit, I better go and get the stuff in from the car. And I went out to the car, I was like, hang on. Oh, where are they? they? I must have taken them in. I just left the boot open and someone had driven past and gone, fucking oh, I love that lot. Just literally robbed. I live in a nice area, but I live next to one of the dodgiest. The next area along is one of the dodgiest. Oh, no. Stuff gets stolen quite regularly around there, around that area. And I just think they saw it as an opportunity and just yeah. swiped the light out of the back of my car. Oh. So, but I would run the Profit or the Voyager just through the El Capistan just just a little tiny bit wet and it just it brings us a, a bit of life to something that has none and just record in and it just and obviously i record i have it on 13 and 14 the pedals of uh, 13 14 15 16 on this desk and i'll record the the original signal in and i'll record the the slightly wet signal and then obviously you can play with it as much as you like or you can just have it almost doing nothing and it always 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 the almost doing nothing version of the recording sounds better than the the just the one straight from the synth hmm. so i will always use the version with always doing nothing so it just for me personally just makes everything sound a bit better so that's why i would choose it i know again it's not very adventurous but it's what i know and it's what i love so so you're going to go with the el capistan versus the deco then is that right yeah i'm gonna go okay. just because the deco is amazing also I'm not going to use up another space for the Deco, mm. but I'm going to use the El Capistan just because of the possibilities in terms of delay and reverb that you can have, whereas the Deco is effectively just a saturator and just makes it crunches everything up, which is amazing. Mm. But there's more possibilities with the, with the, uh, the El Capistan, so I'll go with that. Is the nice. Strime on like an original piece of kit, Will, or is it like We've trying not- to emulate something? I mean, it's a tape delay, El Capistan. Yeah. It's a tape delay, tape delay. I've got two of them. So you wouldn't go for an actual real tape, tape delay? Again, I, I like what I know. I know it's not very adventurous, but I've never used a Space Echo. So mm. if I want to make music, this is my forever studio, the one that I want yeah. to use. Yeah. And I love using that bit of kit. So I've got my big speakers. I've got my £100,000 computer. <laughs> but... I love that pedal, and so I use it. Okay, let's let's lock it in. Yeah, it's locked. It's my job to try and upsell you, and I failed. Yeah. We've got a few, so what we, we we're in on the final item now, though. Before we do oh, a little no, run, so I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have to go for one on this. Plus, I've gone for the Moog, the 16 voice Moog oh, as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. yeah, I've gone for 12 grand speakers, a hundred grand computer, <laughs> and a 16 voice Moog. They're they're pretty uh, adventurous selections. Yeah, I like to mix a bit of the old with a bit of the new. Yeah. Um, so final bit of kit, final bit of kit. Oh, that is a tough one. Those first five were really easy. Like they came to me straight away. What about software? Like, are you happy just with Ableton? You've only got Ableton and the infected Mushroom plugin, really. Mm. Oh, or a mic. Oh, yeah, mic as well. Nah, f- 
Nah, yeah, no, I wouldn't bother with a mic. I, no one wants to hear my fucking voice. Um, I, uh, oh, do you know what? It's a toss-up, and I'll give you the toss-up, and you might be able to sway me. It's either um, plug-in called Sketch Cassette. I don't know if you've heard of it. I haven't heard it's of that. It's a wicked little plug-in. Uh, it's by, I don't know who it's actually by. Aberrant. It's Aberrant DSP. Yeah, Aberrant DSP. You're right, well done. You put it on anything, and it it basically puts it through a cassette. So you can put your drum bus through it and run it a little bit hot, and it just gives it a grimy texture, vocal sound amazing through it. Mm-hmm. So it's either that, or or it would be Clev Grand Reamp, which I really love as well. Yeah, which I use a lot, um, like a lot, a lot, mm. and I put that on most things. And that that's like a, it kind of models overdrive. You could put it through different tubes. Different speakers as well, like, I guess, yeah. So yeah, different speakers, different yeah. tubes, run it through cassette deck, cabinet, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, which one should I go for? I'm going to go for the reamp. Again, it's not the most exciting of choices, but if you don't even touch the drive and you just use the EQ, it's so uh, precise, it's crazy. Like, hmm. the tiny little increments you move the knob make a massive amount of difference. So it just, even if I just use it as, like, an extra EQ on a channel it always makes a huge difference to whatever sound I put on it. And I put, it's one of those ones that you can use on everything from a kick to guitar to synth to drums. And it, and it sounds, it adds a bit of value to each one of those. Awesome. Well, let's lock it in. Yeah. And then let's do the rundown, Will. So have a listen to this, Daniel. See what you think. Okay. This is exciting. Okay, Dan, we're in your current studio in Factory Studios, Bristol, but not through to be a single room and with a window <laughs> you have as your computer a fully specced mac pro your interface is an allen and heath zr16 so it sounds so shit now i think about that <laughs> that i've chosen that but it's locked in it's locked so it's nothing i could do just keep it as it is people are going to be literally laughing at me going wanker <laughs> but never mind your DAW is Ableton Live 11 Suite, and for your six items you've chosen, your first plug-in is Waves Infected Mushroom IM Pusher for only $29. Belter. Then you've gone a little bit higher end. It is $29, isn't it? $29, yeah. Yeah. A little bit higher end for your monitors, the PMC 8.2s. Yeah, 12 grand. That'll do. 12-ish. Yeah. Um, you've got the Moog 1 16 voice for analog polyphony. Yeah. Then you've got Fatboy yeah. Slim's Roland TB303 refurbished with no mods. It's got to be priceless, right? We can't, we can't, we can't price that. No. Um, then for your outboard effects, you have the Stroman El Capistan pedal, 299 USD. Yeah. And then finally, the toss-up between the Sketch Cassette and the Clev Grand Reamp, you went with the Reamp, which is only $60. Again, very affordable. Uh, for those listening at home, how does that sound to you as a studio? So, uh, do you know what? Apart from the mixer, um, <laughs> I could have, I could have, uh, I could have been a bit more adventurous on that one. Um, but you know, I made my choice and I made my bed and I got to lie in it. But well, other than that, I'm pretty happy. So we have one final item, which is not studio kit. This is our luxury item. So something for your studio, your fantasy studio. This is where you can make up for that mixer if you want, but with a with a non. It's a not not a piece of kit, basically. It's something else, luxury item for your studio. What's it going to be? An absolute... You can just see my sofa there. You can see it, the little two-seater sofa there, which I've been known to have a nap on many a time, but it's not very comfortable. I would want a proper... 
sofa bed that's like absolute the height i don't know the actual names of these sofa beds but i'm talking like a proper three-seater that comes out to be a massively comfy sofa bed that if i've had a rough night i've been up since half past five and i just want to come and have a lie down that would be it get the playstation on i've got a playstation in here which i try not to turn on but i occasionally have been known to you say get the playstation on but that sounds like oh, a little... Oh, shit, I won't have to... No! Fuck! Okay, you can have the sofa as part of your decor. How about that? Okay, yeah, that'd be great. And then what's a luxury item then? A PlayStation. PlayStation. <laughs> PlayStation 5. And uh, although we don't allow bundles on the normal kit, PlayStation 5 and you get one game, what's the game? <sighs> the new When the new Grand Theft Auto comes out, that. <laughs> okay. Is that what? allowed? Yeah, okay. Is that allowed? Or... Yeah, yeah. I won't get a game until that comes out. Oh, wait, oh, wait. I'll just have the console sat there... <laughs> And I'll just wait until till that game comes out and then I'll do it. Wow. It's a good job you're not waiting for, like, Half-Life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, then. Well, Dan eats everything. Thank you so much. Wicked, guys. Thanks, man. That was really good fun, man. Really, really good fun. Look, before we go, tell us what you've got coming on this summer. You, you must be out and about now again. Yeah, lots of gigs. I've uh, got a an album coming out at the end of the year what about residencies as well uh, have you got residencies no i don't actually have residencies i just uh i've been a bit of a uh should we say a bit more loose than i normally would and i'm not <laughs> i'm not uh committing myself to anyone i'm just going around to playing as many parties as i can in the beef for this year so um obviously I'll be doing El Row, I'll be doing uh, Fisher's Party, I'll be doing uh, Glitterbox, I'll be doing Defected, I'll be doing uh, Back of Asuna's Party, Ants. Um, yeah, it's looking great. It's uh, it's good to be back. Um, thankfully, I've made all the music pretty much, yeah. So, because I've not got any time now to do any more <laughs> making music. Yeah, so summer's good and music's going to be coming out and I've got an album hopefully at the end of the year, so... Amazing. Can I just ask one question on that? Um, yes. The gigs and stuff you list there are really eclectic musically. Yeah. So, like, and people are coming to see you for Eats Everything, obviously, in that sound. But how do you stay yourself, but also cater to, like, Glitterbox and Ants and... I guess I get asked this question a lot, and I guess right. I'm an enthusiast of all those styles. I'm not, like... Mm. Yeah. I'm not going to say I always use... I, I, as This is an example. I'm not going to say that my record collection my digital record collection more so is as defined in one area as say damien lazarus or black coffee or scream or whoever but in the least arrogant way possible i can pretty much guarantee that i can hold my own with the the biggest and best in pretty much any genre be it disco or house or techno or drum and bass i can go i can go and play a drum and bass stage at a festival i know i can smash it play a new drum and bass or i know i can play disco i do loads of edit i make edits all the time that's what i am pushing i use all the time i may i bring things to life update things play like disco i'm I'm a a real disco enthusiast disco and boogie especially Um, so I'm just collecting that kind of music all the time. Again, I'm not like horse meat disco, and I could never profess to be, but I can certainly go and play, you know, two sets a year at Glitterbox, and not and and totally hold my own nerve and go, wow, that was pretty good, and play a unique sound that no one else yeah. at that place will have done. Mm. I'm not going to say I can play techno like Adam Bayer every weekend four sets a weekend but i can certainly three or four sets a month can go and play techno and for four or five hours and totally hold my own and and have give everyone a good time so but if you only could play two genres for the rest of your life what would they be 
Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Can I bundle them in with each other? <laughs> this one's a bundle. Yeah. No. Got <laughs> um, No, I guess. House, obviously. Yeah. And I'd go... I think I go house and drum and bass, you know. I'm not known for playing drum and bass, but it's the music I collect the most. Right. So I guess it's the music I spend. Wicked. Are you are you born and bred bit Bristol? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah. I guess I mean it's a huge scene in Bristol, isn't it? Drum and bass. Yeah, exactly. And jungle and hardcore. Yeah. That's like what I grew up on. Yeah. Jungle, hardcore, and techno are what I was into when I was a kid. And jungle still and hardcore as well. Like '92 to '94 hardcore is as good now as it's, it sounds as good now as it did then. It hasn't. The good stuff hasn't aged at all. Whereas if you get like a little bit later, like some certain eras of house music sounds shit now. Mm. Um, and certain of hard house, for example, is fucking awful. Yeah. But hardcore, the fact that they made that on little machines, it blows my mind every yeah, time. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck were they making these tunes on literally nothing? It's, yeah. it's crazy. So it, yeah, I think, yeah, if I had to choose, it would be, can I put drum and bass in hardcore as one? Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. allowed? When you said house, I kept that in my head. That's quite broad yeah. as well, isn't it? Like yeah, house so and... house and then drum and bass and hardcore in in a little pocket, yeah. and then all the rest would have to leave. That's that's. I'm <laughs> sorry, I, I, techno is so close to my heart, but I just think I've I've got more house records. So yeah, fair. All right then, we'll we'll round up the podcast there. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks so much. It was really really fun. Well, that was brilliant. Thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, interesting that mixer. <laughs> I think we should have worked harder to upsell the dreams there, Will. That was... Uh, Mate, he was having none of it, though. That's the thing. He just did not want to change from that. But good on him for sticking yeah. with it. And he's got Fatboy Slim's 303, so that's uh, that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, he's done all right yeah. there. Another priceless <laughs> instrument. So what have we got next week then, Chris? Well, next week we have a very, very special guest, uh, a bit of a legend, somebody who I don't think either of us have ever talked to before, um, producing Madonna... Um, doing soundtracks, remixes, performing. It's the one and only William Orbit. Imagine that, Will. William Orbit on our show. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. Can't wait for that one, Chris. It's going to be an interesting one. Okay, well, we'll catch you next time for more adventures into Studio Foreverdom. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>